From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we are closing out a long holiday weekend of food, drink, family, and fun. We are taking it easy tonight because we are tired and because the weekend in sports in the land was... It just wasn't very good. So tonight, we are turkey trotting and taking a quick look at the week in sports in the land. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Danko and Chuck Rambaldo, are here. Fellas, what was the highlight of your turkey dinner? The highlight of my turkey dinner was uh, family, like hanging out with family and just relaxing. That That was the best part of it. The food was fantastic. It always is, but it was hanging out with family. That's beautiful, Phil. Chuck, why don't you give an honest answer? <laughs> that was honest. Leftovers were good. Everybody was assigned different foods in the family. And my wife made two things she had never made and something that I I, I don't really love green beans, but I had her green bean casserole is actually pretty enjoyable. So uh, I would say my palate opened a bit this Thanksgiving. I know green beans are quite exotic, <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. I love a green bean casserole. We have it every Thanksgiving. That's really good. I think my highlight was our granddaughter was here. It's fantastic. And I think she actually recognizes me and like knows who I am now, uh, which is really a big step forward. That was pretty exciting. It's just focused on food while you and I are talking about love. That's interesting. I'm pretty sure you ripped on me for it too. Like (laughs) I'm pretty sure that occurred. I'm telling you, I'm tired. It's going to be an up and down night. Let's get (laughs) rolling. It's your show. (laughs) Let's talk some turkey. Start with skid marks, our weekly look at the brown and orange road to the Super Bowl. Browns found every way to do everything wrong, get blown out in Denver, and lose to the shithead Broncos. Browns are 7-4, and four, tied again with the get the fuck out of here, Steelers, <laughs> for second in the division. Give me your 60, your 60-second take on today's mess. Well, it was a pretty disastrous day uh, in Denver. Sub-replacement level QB, no problem, throw more. Only ran the ball 16 times against the worst run defense in the NFL. All while the completion percentage rate was under 50%, uh, but too many drops, too many penalties. The run defense was awful for the second week in a row. Greg Newsom sucked. And while I sang the praises uh, for the last few weeks, I feel like old Kev showed up and showed out a little bit today. Just really dumbass, questionable calls at the most critical of times and was remarkably stupid and never under any scenario imaginable. Would I have predicted that at some point in the 2023 season that I'd be rooting for Joe Flacco to suit up and finish the season for us? Uh, It's beyond my comprehension, but it's going to happen. And a team that's been dealing with adversity all season today made it feel like that adversity is just mounting to an impossible level. And maybe it's just a bad game, but it felt insurmountable today. Well, my 60 uh, hits on some of those same highlights. So I'll I'll give you maybe the short, short version. So what is that? Like three minutes for me? You know, I'll give Stefanski the uh, up to this point. Like I really felt like he was doing a good job against all odds. Like what he was dealt this year to to be in the position at seven and three. I'm like, all right, I got to give him his props, but not today. The game plan seemed odd. The, The play calling within the context of the game didn't make any sense. You know, we spotted them 14 points and then we realized we were in Denver for a professional football game and we started playing on both sides of the ball. That was that was fine. And we found ourselves down by two in the middle of the third quarter. We're right back in this bad boy and we completely abandoned the run, even though our running backs were averaging nearly six yards per carry. We just abandoned the run. So it's felt like a bit of a regression from a Kevin Stefanski uh, point of view. And then it got out of, out of hand just because of terrible turnovers inside 
you're own 20 and you're just giving the other team points. Uh, and then the injuries are, are piling up big time. And then that's that does not help this shorthanded team going forward. So can these Cleveland Browns find four wins in the final six games with Joe Flacco under center or DTR or PJ Walker? I don't know. Um, they're going to have to figure something out. They can't play like they did today if they're going to win four of the next six. We're all kind of around the same thing here. I think everything we said last week about how good the coaching and play calling was, was bad this week. Avoiding running the ball. Defense looked lost all game. No real, I think this is kind of what you were getting at too, Phil. It's like no coherent offensive game plan. It just didn't seem to ever make sense what they were doing. Uh, and then the worst time trick play just doesn't make any sense to get your third string quarterback in there and then run that play uh, for like his third snap of the game or whatever it was just dumb. DTR was not great before he went out, but I think he was good enough with a better game plan to win that game. Like you, Phil, I'm, I'm concerned about the injuries. I think we saw it a little bit more today, how bad the offensive line has been compromised. Now Garrett's banged up DTR and Cooper probably are going to be questionable for next week's game and overall it's easy to kind of get by this and say hey it was just one bad kind of clunker stinker of a game those happen move on and win next week but it's going to be really hard to do that with all these injuries if dtr clears protocol and is healthy next week is he the brown starter if he clears protocol enough to where he's involved all week in the installation of the game plan then yeah he's still your starter but i i think joe flacco in that scenario joe flacco probably is activated and moved up to your number two uh we, who knows number two is exactly how to describe that yeah, guy yeah <laughs> well we may have three number twos <laughs> in that regard so yeah I, I think if he's if he clears protocol dtr is your starter until he is i guess replaced in the middle of a game because he's failing and that that's not why he was replaced today he, you know he was Again, they were within two points at one point. If he clears it, I think he starts. But I think the leash is shorter than we would expect. I thought as the game went on, he, he started to play better. I, I thought he did in, in, in no choice. The guy was still probably throwing 40 times in that limited action uh, before the injury. I just would like to see if, if he's going to move forward, like uh, like Phil's saying, a scheme or, or something that is playing to his strengths. That's why I think like today feel, felt like such a wash because – you're telling me this is your starter, but you don't trust him that you're going to run plays that basically we drew up playing like Turkey bowl in high school, you know, like, like this stuff was insane. That was happening. And it was multiple times. It wasn't just like once it was like four different plays. So I still think he's your starter if he clears it, but it's going to be a real short leash. Even if you like what you've seen so far from Flacco, he'd be with the team for like a week and a half before you start him no way if, if dtr clears he's your starter and you're right that's why i think the play calling is so weird because in some ways you feel like gosh do they really trust dtr to be this the quarterback well then why do they call so many passes if they're if they mistrust him why not just keep running the ball like this what they're doing doesn't make any sense but i will say that again those like five drops today or something like that, or at least four when he was a quarterback. Maybe they dropped one later when he was out. But those drops are huge, man. They kill drives. Uh, the drive there he got injured on started with Njoku dropping a ball. If he he catches that ball and makes a play, that, that entire drive is different. So I, I was actually okay with what we saw from DTR. I just It just doesn't seem like the team is doing much to get him in a place to really be successful. I don't know. Maybe I just love DTR. All right, so... 
Who's your MDB, your most disappointing Brown from the game? I'm going to go with Greg Newsom. Uh, not that they're not, he's glaring, but there were plenty of guys who deserve this first time award for a guy who said he wants to play outside, not slot. I think you saw today that he is a slot corner, not an outside yeah. guy. He got beaten, beat bad. He took bad routes to tackles. Uh, he tackled poorly. Like everything about him today just rubbed me the absolute wrong way. And for a guy who wears number zero, he was very easy to identify what he was doing wrong the whole day today. The number fit. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure if we dive deep enough, there's a long list of people who could win this award this week. But Newsom, I, in my mind, he he gets it running away. Not only was he playing poorly, he gave up 30-yard pass plays and 30-yard pass interference plays consistently throughout the game on third and long. It was third and eight, yeah. third and 10. And you're you're giving that offense new life because you're playing so poorly where if even half of those things went the other way, they're punting to the Browns. That's another possession for the Browns offense. Yep. Maybe they would have ran the ball a little bit. Maybe they wouldn't have been down to, they'd be up to in the third quarter. Who knows? But, you know, on third and long, giving up 30-yard-plus pass plays all game long, Greg Newsom move back inside, get someone else out there. You need to get Ward back because yeah, I feel man. like that was the spot he was playing, and Ward is such a good tackler on that corner that, I don't know, it probably would have made a difference today. But I don't want us all to pick on just that guy, so I'm going to give it to Njoku, who for another week where I was so excited for him to to break out and play as well as he had this year, he was bad again today. This can't happen anymore. You're just not going to win games with the quarterback's favorite target dropping balls like that, especially if Cooper is hurt. Man, where else is this ball going next week if Cooper's yeah. hurt? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I don't know. For me, it was Njoku, just another kind of crappy game for him. But I uh, support the position that both of you took. All right. Browns currently sixth in the AFC playoff rankings. There must be some tiebreaker in there somewhere that has the Steelers ahead of them because they are ahead. How do you feel about their playoff chances right now? When is Ward coming back? How long is Miles Garrett out? Uh, yeah. the, the injury stuff really plays a huge role here. Is DTR... Is he going to miss one week, multiple weeks? Is Joe Flacco going to do anything extraordinary? I don't know. You know, it, it's tough because I, I like this. If you ask me this again, like 24 hours from now, you get farther away from what we watched. I might be a little more reasonable, but, you know, like seeing what happened today, it, and again, two weeks in a row, the run defense just looked awful. The running back who the, the Rams activated today, that dude went off. Uh, so that worries me. Uh, for, for next week and Stafford had a good game too and they have good receipt they have two three good receivers I, I I can't you know like it's an achievement where they're at right now even with the loss today how do I feel about their playoff chances slowly dwindling uh if if this is a trend you know if, they, if this trend moves yeah. forward that the run defense just isn't going to do anything they're not going to create turnovers they're going to take penalties that I'm really worried so I'm going to say it's slowly dwindling but I haven't given up all hope how's that I don't feel good about their playoff chances. Um, after what I watched today, I feel like uh, they've got six games left and recency bias here. The way they played today, they'll lose all six of those. So I don't feel good about their playoff chances at all. <laughs> this is a year, though, I, I don't know why. I, I, I keep thinking that 11 is the number. So they need four more wins. 10 might be the number. I think Two it's might 10. Be. 10 might be. I think it's 10. Since they've, yeah, 10 usually gets you in. This year, though, looking playing the old schedule game, if we end up with 10 and Pittsburgh ends up with 10, 
we might be on the outside looking in. And so that's why I keep looking at 11, like 11 might propel us. Ahead yeah. 11, I think yeah. guarantees you, I, I think you're sweating at 10, but I still so, think it's 10. So 10, that means we finish the season three and three. We've got some bad teams on the schedule still about three of them. So you got to win those games. I'm with Chuck. Let, let's see which players suit up and take the field because that makes all the difference. If we can get fairly healthy in the next six weeks, I, I feel okay about them going three and three. I, I still feel good about their chances, provided that these injuries are not season-ending for some of these guys are going to keep them out for, for some time. I, I'm, I'm more willing to believe today was just a bad day all around and not one that's necessarily going to be repeated. This is still a team that keeps finding ways to win all season long. I'll put my faith in their ability to do that again, but – at some point, like you're just too injured and it just doesn't work anymore uh, and you can't do it. You just don't have the talent anymore to do it because you've gotten too banged up over the course of the season. So I still like our chances. I think 10 wins gets them in. Uh, and I do think there are games that even with like a DTR run offense, they can win to, to get in. So I, I still like those chances. All right. Browns bets. Anybody win money on the Browns this week? Yeah. Yeah. You did? Yeah. I did Chuck. You? Go yeah, ahead, do, man. Yeah, I got uh, Jerome Ford over fifty-one and a half at minus one twenty. But hey, that, that ain't ten k. I got eighteen point five back. I was I and I was gonna do the parlay. I was gonna do the the Phil parlay with just one two leg parlay with Najoku and he went over too. But now I'm just like I got to be conservative here. I got to chip away at Phil's huge lead. So uh, even though it seems like Jerome Ford only got the ball like eight times, he still went over yeah. the fifty one and a half. Yeah, you're gonna catch me eventually because my my head has gotten too big. Like now I just <laughs> I put these parlays together for the Browns that I feel like like it's they're giving away money. It was a five level parlay today, just five. All I Just needed five. was Jerome Ford to have 25 yards of rushing. He did. I needed David Njoku to have 25 yards of receiving. He did. I needed Kareem Hunt to have 25 yards of rushing. He did not. And I needed Amari Cooper to have 25 yards of receiving. He did not. And I needed one touchdown by Kareem Hunt. And that was plus 550. I lost big time because the only two things on that list that happened were Ford and Njoku. And I'm setting the bar at 25 yards of offense. <laughs> I mean, that's terrible. Terrible. I denkoed mine too. Uh, I went with Brown's money line, DTR over 150, Ford over 53 and a half, Cooper over 44 and a half, and Delpit with a combined six and a half tackles and assists. That was plus 1,500. Might wow. as well have been plus a billion. I think the only thing that hit was Ford. Yeah, that was it. The only thing that hit was Ford. Good job by me. Oh, gosh. All right, next week. Browns are playing in L.A. against the Rams. Chuck and I picked them to win preseason. Everybody else picked them to lose. Anybody want to change their pick? I'm going to change it. I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I can't believe I'm changing it on a Sunday like today, right? Yeah, me neither. I'm going to go back to what I said before last week. I said these next two games on the road, we just split them. Just split them. So now we're up against it, right? We got to win one. So I'm going to go with that idea that if we win one of these two, we're still okay. So now we've got to win in LA. So I'm changing my pick. We got it. Go Joe Flacco. Chuck, you still believe? Yeah, I'm, I have to. So Yeah, I know. That's what I feel like. I feel like I'm forced to believe. So that's yeah. why I'm going to. I'm not changing my pick either. Great. This is awesome. All right. Well, let's keep the bad times rolling. Let's get nuts. Ohio State Buckeyes lost a tough one in Michigan to the Wolverines, 30-24 to on Saturday. Who 
should get the blame for this loss? I don't know. Like you could you could put it on the quarterback. I thought he actually played pretty well, other than the first interception and the last interception. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, but still, they were chasing. Yeah. They were just yeah, chasing yeah, yeah. at that point. I, I'll, I'll put it on Coach Ryan Day, I guess. I don't, Buck stops here, kind of deal. I thought he played a little bit too conservatively against an interim coach in a very hostile environment where you know you have to win that game every year. I thought the defense did okay to, you know, like they they limited the big plays comparatively to last year's game. So I got to go with Coach Day. Who else could I? I don't know who else to blame. Uh, yeah, him. Well, I guess Chuck and I can join all of Buckeye Nation and bl- blame Coach Day for this <laughs> loss because that's what's happening right now. <laughs> it's, it's hard to put it on any one player, you know, in this situation. It was a good game. It really was. Like it was a competitive game. It was good. I agree with Chuck where I think you're on the road. So I get the conservative call like, all right, it's we're going to take the points. We're going to kick a field goal. We're not going to go for it on fourth and whatever. But I don't know. There were there were some plays there where I thought mm, this is where you push it a bit. Push it because that's how you take the advantage when you're on the road against a team like Michigan. So I, I don't I don't know who to blame other than the head coach because players, they did OK. And the defense you know, they, they went up against college football. This is the first really, really good team they played all season, I think, you yeah. know, and you don't know it until you get there. So Coach Day, it's on you, man. You lost three in a row. That doesn't go over too well in Columbus. That does not go over well at all. I think if I was going to blame anything, I think it would be on the defense. You know, they got one stop the entire game. You know, they had one series where they, they forced a punt. You just need something more than that, even though you're on the road, especially because – We've been saying all year long that this is like this elite defense and it's it's making up for some of the deficiencies that they have a quarterback this year that we don't normally see them have. There were a lot of opportunities, a lot of third downs. It did remind me a lot of the Browns game today, I guess, uh, where I thought that plays should have been made or could have been made that would have given Ohio State a chance, a better chance to win. Do you think the Buckeyes ever really belonged in the playoff conversation this season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they beat up, well, they beat Notre Dame, they beat Penn State. Those are probably two better teams than outside of the SEC. Any of the other conferences are kind of playing. They don't have two really good teams, and, and it, it, you knew it was going to come down to Michigan. So, yeah, I think they all, they're always going to be always going to be in the playoff picture no matter no matter what and i thought they played pretty well all year it just wasn't as explosive as i think everybody wanted it to be or needed it to be and i don't think this is a year like last year where they can backdoor and sneak into the playoff again i don't think that's going to happen but they're always going to be in that conversation and they should always be in that conversation or that would be very disappointing to my mom who became a huge buckeye fan my mom bought a oh, wow like yeah yeah she had she hanging out with buckeye. tom yeah, I guess she had she had <laughs> Buckeye pants, hoodie, and a watch. She has an Ohio State watch on. What? Yes, I don't watch. Know. Right. Yeah. For her sake, they better be in the conversation every year. If Michigan should have been in the conversation, Ohio State should absolutely <laughs> be in the conversation. Ohio State played three real teams. Michigan played two, Penn State and Ohio State, right? And that's what college football is right now. The 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 blue bloods, the top, if you look at the top five or six, they might have two or three teams on their schedule that are legitimate. Like, okay, this is a this is a measuring stick kind of game. So, yeah, the Buckeyes belong there. They've got NFL talent up and down that roster. I, I just think it, you just don't know what you're going to get until you get to this game because you run through a, a run of games against the, you know, the Rutgers and the Maryland's and the Iowa's, not Iowa's, they're actually playing in the Big Ten Championship. But you know what I mean? Like the Northwesterns and stuff like that. Yeah. Like these are teams that are, they have good years, but 
you don't know what you have until you get to this game. And it was a good game. Like I said, it was I'm yeah. trying to take my, my Buckeyes fandom out of it. It was a good for the game. This was way better than the last couple of years. And it could have kind of gone either way still. So yeah, they should absolutely be in the uh, playoff conversation. I don't really think so. I, I think that it's, <laughs> I think it's okay for there to be some years where they're good, but not great. And this is a really good football team, but it never looked like, uh, and in my opinion, on either side of the ball, it never looked like this was one of those national championship caliber teams. They're really, really good. And you're right. They're going to be in the conversation because they're Ohio State. They're always going to be ranked super high, and they're going to beat up on a, a bunch of crappy teams for most of the season, so they're not going to fall at, until they get to this game. But I don't know. There's a little bit of like the eye test. Like It just never felt like this team was anything near as good as some of the teams we had seen in, in recent years. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just an asshole. How about a Thanksgiving cocktail? Our sip of wine and gold, our weekly Cavs recap. Cavs had a nice run going after wins over the Nuggets and the 76ers. Lost some momentum with a blowout loss to the Heat and a tough loss to the Lakers on Saturday night. But they bounced back in a rock fight win over the Raptors tonight. Cavs are now 9-8 and eight on the season. Cavs gave up 120 points or more three times this week. Does this team still have a good defense? No, I, well, it might be there somewhere. Uh, it's it's in there. They're just not they're not trotting that defense out probably until April, I guess. Thank God we won two out of the four, giving up that many points. No, but maybe they're doing <laughs> what the rest of the NBA has done and not yeah. turning it uh, turning on the defense That's until right. until April. So yeah, they're they are not the same aggressively junkyard doggy kind of D that we were used to last year. It's just not happening this year. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is, but there are definitely times where it doesn't look like they're very focused on stopping anybody or getting rebounds. Uh, and they give up a lot of threes. You know, they leave a lot of dudes open on that three-point line, and that's going to bite you at some point. So I'd like to see that defense maybe pick it up a little bit. But Cavs, now 17 games into the season, which is exactly 20% of the season. So it's a decent little sample size for where they are right now how would you describe the team so far this season injured hurting yeah never at their full roster i guess um overall there's there's been some improvement so like their their three-point shooting comparatively to last year they're a little more athletic than they were last year but but mostly it feels like like it remember last last season we talked like the the parallels between the guardians and the, the calves it feels like the same this year like we didn't know what kind of team the guardians were at this point in the season and i don't think we know what kind of team the calves are because hmm. nobody's 100 percent healthy it doesn't feel like anybody's 100 percent healthy the rotations are still sometimes an issue you're getting bright spots out of young guys or acquisitions but but ultimately what what is their identity last year we knew it was defense this year i i still don't i still don't know what it is so um i'm just gonna say naggy injury soft tissue how about that that's that's what, that's what you they're describe them as soft tissue <laughs> so is it officially too far into the season to say it's it's still early <laughs> now we're, now we're no, no 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 um, you're good it's it's still really early it, it is. It's a long season, but we're keeping our head above water, right? We're nine and eight, and Chuck's right. This team's been so banged up. So the word I'm going to use to describe the season to this point is 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 discombobulated. I don't think they have like 
they haven't gotten the starting five out there to figure out how they should play together and space the floor and run the offense. They can't get through a week where the starting five take the floor one time out of the three or four games. So we got to get healthy. And the fact that we've been this beat up and we don't have an identity and we have a winning record, we're fine. Everything is fine. I would say incomplete, but still exciting. I really think this team is good, but they just haven't been together enough on the court with their regular lineup and their regular rotation and with guys playing at their best. Like Mitchell's been back, but he he was actually pretty rotten against the Lakers and again tonight. Like he's just not 100% back yet. He's not back into the flow, so it's kind of hard to judge him. I mean, I think they could have won the Lakers game. They shot the ball a little bit better. They win that game. They won the game tonight. They are incomplete. They, they are not fully formed type of Voltron yet, but I think they're they're going to get there. Um, I'm just going to start mixing every metaphor I can. All right. <laughs> Is there an addition to the team from the offseason? Struess, Niang, my boy Imani Bates, Porter Jr., Tristan Thompson. Is there one of those additions that you like the best right now for the Cavs? Yeah, um, I've been pleasantly surprised with all of them, but the one I like the best is Max Struess because he's a starter and he he his role fits this starting five pretty well. The guy, he does not clog up the lane. He plays good defense. He gets rebounds. He gets assists and he's knocking down threes. He scored 20 points in a quarter tonight. So that's the player that last year this team lacked in their starting five. That guy that he can sit out there and the drive and kick and he's wide open knocking down threes. So I like Max Struess on this, on this roster. Me too, but I guess I got to go in a different direction for the sake of content. I really like what Porter has done over his limited playing time. He is the real deal. Uh, I like how he's aggressive. I like how he attacks the rim. I liked in the Laker game that he stabilized that offense. Yeah. You know, for an an undrafted rookie. And he fills a need as a backup point guard with no idea what's going to happen with Rubio. So I'm not saying he's he maximizes minutes. And I don't know many guys um, other than Levert who has done that pretty much earlier in the season. But this like nobody expected this guy to do anything. And all of a sudden, uh, he's he should earn those minutes and be in a real rotation because he could play. So I'll take him, even though Struis is the obvious choice. Chuck, you never have to compromise your principles <laughs> for the content. Um, I'm going with Struis, too. Although I, I I tend to agree that I really like all these guys. Even Tristan Thompson yeah. has given such effective minutes. They, maybe it's only six minutes a game, but he gets out there. He gets rebounds. He has a presence that maybe Mobley and Allen don't have out there. There's maybe just like a physical presence. So he's been really good. Porter's been a nice surprise. Niang is starting to come around a little bit. I like Struess. Uh, I like what he brings. He's everything we wanted Okoro to be, except he's just way better at it than Okoro probably ever would be. Uh, I actually like Okoro this year better than I think I like Okoro from last year. Uh, I love the way Struess passes, moves around without the ball, and he's starting to shoot, which is really nice. So all good additions, man. I mean, give it to uh, the Cavs GM for bringing in a, a group of guys that are all you know, participating. Amani Bates had 29 against the G League team from Detroit on Friday night. So, I mean, like, even at the G League level, these yeah. guys are paying dividends. So uh, it, it, it's a good it's a good offseason for the Cavs for sure, especially if Porter can become that backup point guard. All right, next week, Cavs are back for a really important in-season tournament game 
against the Atlanta Hawks on Tuesday. The Trailblazers come back to town on Thursday, and the week closes out with a Saturday night showdown in Motown against the Pistons. Three games the Cavs should win, right? Yes, sir. Uh, that's a that's a three and zero week. Finally, that's a three and zero week. We got to take the pressure of the in season tournament and then and take it against the hated Atlanta Hawks, <laughs> and then we should really have no problem with the Trailblazers and the Pistons, right? So three and zero. Let's do it. It should definitely be a three and a week, and it should there should be some growth against these teams. We should start seeing some gelling where we go, hey, maybe this is their identity, or maybe this is how it's going to look moving forward. So yeah, this should our first three and a week, right? It should it, first undefeated week of the season. This is it. It yeah. would be, yeah. yeah. I'm with you guys. Go Cavs. Win these games. It would be nice. It'd be nice to get that win in the play-in game, and I think they got to win it by like twenty in order to get a wild card because I think that point differential is the, the decider on that. So Cavs really need to win big against Atlanta on Tuesday, but fellas, you're not going to believe this. We're out of time mostly because <laughs> I'm out of energy. I'm also out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning Dolly dominating halftime in Dallas on Thanksgiving with that news that 77 is the new 21 no. And it makes me feel weird. I hope you guys have a great week and let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. Are you finding yourself kind of being into the in-season tournament? Cuz it's a thing. Like yeah. I want to see them advance, yeah. but you know, it's yeah. a thing, but well, I think that they had that game. Well, the 76ers game was a that was a huge. cool game. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden I caught myself, you know, paying attention to the 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 score on the upper right hand corner of the screen that was the Indiana Atlanta game. Like, oh man, I really want the Hawks to win this game. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm into the in season tournament. <laughs> How did this happen? How'd they do this to us? But it might be better for the Cavs to have nine days off. It yeah. just might be. Yes. It yeah. might be. Yeah. So I don't understand. I don't you, either. You come out of the you come out of your pool and you've got your quarterfinal games that week between the second and the eleventh. Um but you're playing the same amount of games. So are they just pulling a game that you have against the team that you're playing in the quarterfinal from another part of your schedule, dumping it into that week. And then you're going to get like an off day. Chuck, you did the, the deep dive. I, I, yeah. But that, <laughs> that, that information wasn't available then. So how are I'm they? Not, I'm not fully positive on that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's no, weird. It really said there were no added games other than other the than the championship. Yeah. yeah. So they must be just pulling like you no longer have a back to back in in February or whatever. Yeah. You, you know, like something yeah. like that. Denko and I were out last night for dinner because I did I drove my parents um you know back from Ludington yesterday afternoon, hung out with Denko, and uh this guy sits down next to us at the bar for the start of the Cavs game. And just immediately like starts talking basketball with us, which his date really didn't appreciate. Did not like that. <laughs> um, no, I love the fact that he told us it was just a lunch date. Oh, it doesn't yeah. count. It's just a lunch like date. Six, like, dude, it's eight o'clock forty-five at night. It's yeah. a late lunch. <laughs> this is Saturday night date, man. What are you talking about? 
I thought that was um, his wife. When he didn't know his birthday, he asked her. So I figured they were together yeah, for like yeah. for real, for real. You well, know? still, it's like a date. Even if it's your <laughs> yeah, wife, yeah. it's still a date. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, it's a good tip to remember, Phil. It's important. What's that? I, I, I wasn't listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I ever do that again, <laughs> not date married. <laughs> right. Right. I went, I went on a date with you. That counts. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get? Where'd yeah. you have dinner? Where was dinner at? Oh, we went to Penny. <sighs> Yeah, and bellied up to the bar in front of five flat screen TVs to watch football and basketball. Yeah, yeah. We drove around for a while and then just ended up at the spot that we always go to (laughs) when I stay at Phil's because it's the easiest one to drive back from. It's right there, right? To be fair, we. LeBron is. um, I don't know that there's ever been a 39 year old playing like he's playing right right? like right uh, forget the the goat conversation like he is putting up ridiculous numbers he's about to be 39 years old yeah any sport maybe golf maybe gerbo know better than me has there been a 39 year old guy who's i mean still playing at a super high level not not consistently like this i mean golf is one of those things where you can catch lightning in a bottle for a weekend like I mean, count Tom um, Brady? yeah, I was going to say, what was Tom yeah. Brady's 39 year old? season? he was probably yeah. pretty good. Though. Yeah. Yeah. He played but I mean, like, was, like Jack Nicholas won the masters at 46. Like Tom Watkins made a run at the British open like six or eight years ago when he was, he was like in his late fifties and he ended up losing in like a playoff. But I mean, nobody, nobody consistently, Nobody, nobody's good consistently in golf anyway, except for when when Tiger was good. So there might be some like solid bowlers at thirty nine, right? Like over <laughs> yeah, the course of bowling, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems like. I a mean, if we're going if we're going all the way down the list, my guess is that there's like a paintballer somewhere who's like forty six <laughs> and just no like way. hitting his stride. No way. no way, that dude's pulling hamstrings before like he's getting killed by all the twenty. No, he's just like he's got all the great equipment. He knows how to just like sit and oh. snipe people. So there's no discussion, right, of like if DTR is out of the pro, not out of the protocol, and can't play, then we're starting Flacco, right? There's like no like maybe we should start PJ. No, (laughs) all right, that's that's a given, right? That's a get him ready. I wonder if if Flacco starts, wins a game, has any other NFL team that would be four different quarterbacks in a game in a season? Yeah. God, what a what a shit show. (laughs) <laughs> it is joe it is flacco. it really is it is how does joe i don't know and yeah. it's so bad in a year where the 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 nfl's so messed up if if we could have just had a quarterback all year yep that's mm-hmm. it, you know like this yep. is yep ah, damn it. Uh, uh, no browns no browns <laughs> yeah no browns all right. All right. I'm calling. Right, I'm so Good fucking idea. tired. Yeah, I'm right. bad. I'm going. I'm going. That's what I'm going to do. All right. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, great you to too. see you guys. Deco, yeah, great absolutely. to see you again wow. today. Yeah. Um, Feels like it was two days ago, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Have a good All night. Boys. All right. I love you guys. Later, fellas. Funny. Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?